Well, that was an effing disaster, I exclaimed as I turned to my partner at the end of one of my first ever webinars, which had ended with me unable to turn GoToWebinar off and having to embarrassingly enlist the help of one of my audience members to do so. The screen lit up in front of my eyes as a slew of, uh, we're still here, Joe. we can hear you, <laughs> we, we know you just swore, comments flooded my computer. Oh my God. God, I still hadn't turned it off. And this is just one of many faux pas along the journey of running an online business. I remember being in floods of tears for three days straight when uploading and embedding videos required umpteen apps and a degree in internet programming. I've launched products with pay buttons not working. We ran between, I'll never forget this, we ran between pubs to get internet connection during an interview with an expert who had to do the bulk of it himself when our internet had died at our house that we were staying in. I deleted my entire email list once completely by accident and I lost everything, and I mean everything on my computer twice over when it broke down in the days before Dropbox and the cloud. So, you may or may not know that for the last 10 years, my small family and I have been traversing the seas, chasing the sun around the world. But in order to do so, we had to make money along the way. So between us, my hubby and I, we've built two very successful, life-changing online businesses. Businesses that have given us the freedom to live anywhere, work anywhere, for me to pack up work for a couple of years, and also for us to start to build a nest egg and make our money work for us over the long term. Now, whilst I'd love to tell you we did all of this while sipping cocktails on a beach, that is only partially true. And I say partially because there have been plenty of times we've been toiling away on our computers while sipping a bottle of Chang by a pool or by the beach. Such is the nature of working from anywhere. But there have also been many, many times I have watched the dawn break over the top of my computer screen as I realise I've been at it all night or we've held ourselves away somewhere for days on end just to work our butts off to make things happen. And I have to tell you, my butt grew considerably <laughs> over a number of years from sitting on it for hours on end. There have been many frustrations, lots of tears, some total burnout at times, I have to be honest, and more moments than I care to admit when you honestly ask yourself whether just going home and getting a job would be easier. But overall, it's 500% worth it. The lifestyle we live, the freedom we have, the experiences we've been afforded and can continue to expose our teenage daughter to. I wouldn't give up what we have in a heartbeat. And to be honest, right now, I feel a huge second win coming and the next few years are pure excitement to me. But before I get carried away, let's have a look at some of the key lessons I have learned along the way. Lessons that I hope will inspire and help you with starting and running your own lifestyle business. Wouldn't you love to build a business you can run from anywhere in the world, whether that be your kitchen table or a beach in Fiji? Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to Your Lifestyle Business, the show where I bring you into my life as a traveling entrepreneur and along with some of my awesome guests, give you tips and strategies for building your own freedom business. Welcome to the show. Let's make it happen. Hey there, how are you doing? Joe here and welcome to the Your Lifestyle Business podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to run you through the 10 top things I've learned over the last 10 years running my lifestyle business. So without further ado, let's get straight into it. Number one, it's 
bloody hard work. That's about the worst of the swearing you'll get to me. I will never actually say the F word, by the way. <laughs> I did say it that particular night on the webinar, but I thought I was only talking to my husband. <laughs> did not realise there was a hundred or so people on the other end of a webinar listening. But it is super hard work. There is no getting away from it, my friend. Building a business, and I mean any business, is pure and simple hard graft. There are no shortcuts, no quick hacks, no magic buttons, no matter what copy and paste headline you've just read. Yes, there are more complicated business models versus simpler business models, but each and every business model, no exception, requires commitment and hard work to get it off the ground. There's no getting around it. When I first started back in 2010, every headline was a promise to make you rich with the click of a button. And because the internet was so new and shiny and opportunity was abound, it seemed so feasible. People were creating companies out of thin air. Investors were getting rich off of technological startups, catapulting businesses into the billions overnight. Kids were starting businesses in their bedrooms. It's still going on today, really. The last 10 years have been like the 60s for entrepreneurs, right? Anything goes. Dive in, envelop yourself with the entrepreneurial euphoria, man. You know what I'm saying? And yes, while certainly the odds are way more in our favour to start and run a lifestyle business now, and I would personally recommend it to everybody and anybody to reach the heady heights of financial freedom, you have to put down the metaphorical bong, my friend, and put your back into it. Number two, you will need time or money or both. I remember walking through the foyer of a large internet marketing event in London back in 2010 when I started and I bumped into the event organiser after hearing a multitude of rags to riches stories on stage. Do you remember those? His particular story, the organiser, was from memory because we're going back a few years now. He, he had some huge emotional journey through a cemetery or something where he was practically homeless and down and out and had an epiphany by a gravestone and went on to make a million or something ridiculous like that. Do you remember those rags, the constant rags to riches stories? You know, I was on the floor and now I'm, you know, riding around in a Ferrari. So I asked him, <laughs> I asked him, so what does it really take to make a million? He looked at me with a slight smirk on his face as he adjusted the sleeve of his Hugo Boss suit and said, how much money have you got? I didn't really understand him at the time, but it is true that money begets money. If you have money already, you can buy your way into a well-connected mastermind and network with those who can give your business a huge boost or even partner with you, making you an overnight success. If you have money, you can invest in a team and resources to help you build your business, including advertising, great design, great video production, all of those things which certainly can help to grow your business faster. If you have money, you could buy an existing business and simply look for ways to make it better or more efficient or more profitable. But even with money, you're still going to have to do the work or pay handsomely for someone else to do so. We chose the route of time to make our first million as that's what we had as opposed to oodles of money. We laser focused on our goal like looking at the bullseye of a dartboard and consistently worked hard every single day. It took me one year to hit six figures, another four 
to hit the very high six figures. And then in the fifth year, we hit seven figures. It took time and energy and focus and commitment. And certainly the more money we made and invested back in, the easier it got to reach that high number. But the good news is that the low cost to entry of building a lifestyle business is what makes it so attractive. So if you have no money, but reckon you can work your butt off for a good few hours a week, I've got a thing about butts, haven't I? Could work your bottom off for a good few hours a week and have a solid focus and a good work ethic, then you too have precisely the same opportunity we did to make it happen. Number three. You must follow your passion and not profit. So I say this with certainty, but even as I say it, I still wonder if this depends more on your personality and without being gender biased, whether this actually applies more to women than men. The reason I say that is that my partner is passionate about money. (laughs) So he doesn't really care what business he's in as long as it's turning a profit. I, on the other hand, cannot passionately invest myself into a business unless it's something I'm super passionate about. When we started our Amazon business, we did so in a niche that was popular rather than something I felt I could build a brand around. I have no interest in kitchen products whatsoever. That is our our Amazon brand. I hate cooking and I'm terrible at it. So I wasn't about to become the next pioneer woman, if you know what I mean. That's why all my focus moving forward is on your lifestyle business, which is what I'm super passionate about. My experimental e-commerce site that I'm doing at the moment is aimed at empowering women, which I'm also super passionate about. And next year, my hubs and I are launching a new travel brand, which of course we're both incredibly passionate about. I just feel that the more you love what you do, the easier you're going to find it to do it. Those cold mornings when you don't really want to get out of bed and get on your computer, those dark nights when you really just want to go to sleep, those moments when things don't work and you want to pack it all in, they will all become infinitely easier if you're working on something, talking about something, posting about something that you absolutely love. So look, I'm sorry to sound twee, but life is going to pass by in a flash, my friend. So why waste it just chasing money when you can have so much more? The problem, of course, with this is that if you spend your life looking for your passion, you may never find it. And a lot of times passion comes from passion. So in other words, you have to do something and you have to go for it. And then a lot of the times you will find your passion in doing that thing along the way. So this to this brings us to um, lesson number four, which is to get super clear on the direction you want to go in and then stick to it. So this is time for a little bit of honesty and a bit of vulnerability here, folks, which is not my strong point. If there is honestly one thing I could change about my journey over the last 10 years, it would be that I'd had a clear vision of what I wanted at the start. I kind of did. If I'm going to be absolutely honest with me, with myself, I kind of did, but I kept getting distracted and veering off, which I'll talk about in lesson five. But I think the big issue is that I lacked confidence, which was a huge proponent to me following trends rather than following my heart. I knew when I started, I wanted to work with people who wanted to start and build their own businesses. But up to then, I'd only had a couple of failed businesses. So who the hell was I to guide? I started a brand called The Entrepreneur, which was all about helping people build small businesses, but I didn't have the gumption to keep it going. So one day I fell over Facebook, so I immersed myself and started teaching that. 
From that, the Social Networking Academy was born, which was my first big success online. But after a year or so, social media wasn't enough. So a bit later, Online Marketing Addicts was born. But that sounded a bit too scammy after a while and focused on just marketing. And so I wanted something bigger. You know, I wanted to get back to this whole thing of helping people build businesses. And so Joe Barnes Online was born. But very shortly after I launched that, we got sidetracked with Amazon and I started playing with a brand specifically for training on Amazon. I think I called it Sell with the Smile or something like that. Great brand, to be fair, but (laughs) it was yet another brand that I was putting my time and energy into. And I'm actually pretty ashamed to say that the years of indecision, planning, thinking um, and talking about the overall direction of my business and still not really ever having a super clear direction had exhausted me. I burned myself out through lack of clarity. So after six years in 2016, with an email list of over 50,000 subscribers, a blog getting 25,000 hits or so a month and a decent social media following, I just stopped. And I literally just stopped. It was probably the best thing for me at the time. But now, some years later, the world has moved on. And I'm essentially starting again. And it's a tough and competitive world out there. And everybody's so young. (laughs) Hate to sound like an oldie, but oh my God, where have all these kids come from? But look, I am a huge advocate of any decision being better than no decision. I promote it as a strategy when you can't make any decision at all. And I'm glad that I had all the experiences I had. I would certainly not be where I am today if I hadn't followed the path I had. And here I am with the freedom to not work if I choose to. But I guess what I'm trying to say to you is have the courage of your convictions, as my mum would say. I knew what I wanted right from the start, but my own self-doubt stopped me from pursuing it single-mindedly. I danced around the houses, confusing my audience, my peers, and most importantly, myself. Look deep within yourself because you know that thing that you kind of don't want to do because maybe it seems a bit too big and scary? That's probably the thing you need to be pursuing. So lesson number five, distraction and indecision are your enemies. That brings us to the subject of bright, shiny objects, because once you have decided your path, it's so important that you do stick with it. Our challenge today is not the lack of opportunity, but rather too much of it. We are abound by opportunity. There are now hundreds of ways to start a business which will supplement or completely replace and supersede your income. Blogging, influencing, self-publishing, coaching, ghostwriting, web developing, teaching, e-commerce, freelancing, you name it. You could literally pack up your job and start to create an income online today. And that's got to be my next episode, right? How to pack up your job and create an income today. But seriously, there are so many things you can do. You just have to make a decision based on... If not what you love to do, then something you enjoy doing and then stick with it. If you, look, if you can't think, oh, this is what I really want to do with my life. If that's something that goes through your head regularly, I wish I knew what I wanted to do. I wish I knew what my passion was. I wish I knew what I really wanted my life to look like. And you don't know. You don't know that then my advice to you would be is just ask yourself, what are some of the things you just enjoy doing on a daily basis? So for instance, as an example, me, I love writing. I just love writing. I love it. I love it. I love it. That's why I know I'm going to be an author because I just love writing. Number two, I love talking. (laughs) 
That's why podcasts are awesome for me. But I don't just love talking like this. I also love talking with other people. Hence why, as this podcast grows and matures, without a shadow of a doubt, I'll be interviewing lots and lots of cool people over the years because I love chatting and discussing things with other people. I love to learn and then I love to share. So clearly I have an innate interest in business as a whole and I love to learn new things and share those things. So what is it that you just enjoy doing on a daily basis and don't say sitting in the pub with a pint of beer. We all enjoy that. (laughs) But what productively do you actually enjoy? Um, And then go and have a listen to episodes 36 and 40 of my podcast. Uh, Episode 36 goes through the different business options that are available to you and 40 walks you through how to make a fast decision if you cannot make any decision at all. But once your decision is made, whatever you do, don't let fear or self-doubt or lack of confidence stop you from moving forward. Consistent, focused action is the key, my friend. Have the courage of your convictions, as my mother would say, and make it happen. All right, lesson number six, network as much as possible and get to know people in your industry. Oh, there's a quote I love by Steve Martin, the comedian. He says, be so good, they can't ignore you. I love that. Why? Because networking online, especially with influencers, can be super hard and super scary. For me personally, take me to an event or place where I can meet people face to face. I'm happy. But online, when you're trying to network with influencers and start relationships, it's hugely time consuming. And they themselves are overrun with comments and people liking and sharing. So how do you stand out anyway? So my strategy over the years is really to be so good they can't ignore you. Focus first on just being amazing yourself. Create a great business. Focus on your customers and be inclusive. Never ever worry about competition. Instead, embrace others in your industry. Talk about them and share their quality content with your customers. The fastest way you can network with your peers is to be so good at what you do that they notice you because your customers love you and because you've been open and minded enough to share them with your audience. Also, it does not hurt to like and follow their content online when you can with the occasional interesting comment. But the best strategy of all is to get in a room with them. So if you can attend industry events and meetings, go. Uh, This is the one thing that we have really living over in Asia for most of the last few years, been very challenging for us. So another way is to take their courses if they offer them. Be a vocal part of their groups and masterminds. And if you run a podcast or a YouTube channel, try to get interviews to help promote their new thing, whatever that may be. In the meantime, making a connection. So... The key thing to to remember is don't be an island, my friend, because nothing great was ever built alone. Lesson number seven, stay away from the charlatans. You have to do the work. It's as simple as that. I know how easy it is to be sucked into what sounds like an incredible opportunity. Seriously, my other half calls me a marketer's dream. I'll tell you a quick story. To this day, I still remember when I was about 15 years old. I was at one of these Sunday morning farmers markets, you know, the ones where they sell meat and produce from the back of a van. There was a guy selling electrical goods and he had this huge boom box. Remember, we were in the 80s at this time. 
So it had double double cassettes, uh, record the ability to record cassettes, playback, radio. I could sit on a Sunday and record back, you know, the Sunday afternoon top 40 off Radio 1. Um, but I didn't really want it because I couldn't afford it. I was like 15 years old and I think he wanted something astronomical like 30 quid or something for it at the time. But he sold it and he sold it and I found my hand going up and the next thing you know, I'm reluctantly walking home with it. And I have to be honest, I've been a bit like that for my whole life. I am a salesman's dream. But the key is to identify and stay away from the charlatans because really they're just out for your money and I guarantee you they do not have a magic solution which means you don't have to work as hard. There is no magic solution as I said in lesson one. Now look you know the people who are real and those who aren't. The people who are real tend to share a lot of stuff for free. They practically give the farm away before they ask for a penny of your money. They rarely harp on about the millions they're making and they don't post pictures of themselves with Ferraris and big houses because if they do that's a huge red flag for me either because they're a complete charlatan or because they're engaging in really old school marketing which in my opinion is just as bad there's no need for it in today's transparent and open social media world just be you people now I guess if you run around in a Ferrari and live in a big house then it can't be helped but you know what I mean right (laughs) look whenever you're faced with an offer that looks too good to be true the only way forward is to ask yourself if you trust the person making the offer? Have you consumed lots of their info? Do you know people who have been through their courses and have made it work? Have they given you so much value that moving to the next step is a no-brainer? And that's my personal favourite. When I know there's no question what they're selling is going to be valuable because I've got to know them through their videos, podcasts and books. So I don't even give it a second thought. And lastly, on this point, if you do decide to get some education, make sure it's moving you closer to your goals. Don't just buy a course because it's the next best thing that's definitely going to make you money. If you have a clear vision of what you want your business and life to look like, then don't veer off. Stay on your path and use courses only to leapfrog you forwards towards your specific goals. All right, lesson number eight. This is a recent one for me, this one actually. This is kind of since I've been back in the game this year. Create an avatar that you can look at every time you create any content. Now, I have flipped and flopped over the years as to whether having a customer avatar, i.e. like a really detailed description of who you're targeting, is actually any use whatsoever. In fact, just yesterday I was reading a blog post on a travel blog and the author actually used the word rubbish when they talked about getting really clear and defining who your audience is. They actually said, you know what, I don't think that's even important because I could attract, you know, anybody. Um, And there are times when I agree with that, to be honest, because when I talk about a lifestyle business, for example, I'm just as likely to attract a 25-year-old go-getter who can't stand the thought of working for someone else as I am a 65-year-old retiree who wants to supplement their retirement fund. But here's the challenge. If you don't know who you're talking to, it can actually make creating content super tough for you. So since I have sat down and defined a specific customer avatar, it actually comes in very handy when I'm wondering what might make a great blog post or a podcast or how to write an opening paragraph. If I'm having a bit of a writer's block moment, then I just have a quick look at my avatar, I picture the person in my head and the kind of questions they might be asking and then 
you know, I go. It helps immensely. So if for no other reason, if for no other branding reason or anything like that, create the avatar for yourself to help you when it comes to creating content. Lesson number nine. This is an important one. Believe in yourself. Stay true to your values and do what feels right to you. It amazes me at my ripe old age that it's taken me so long to get to a point where I suddenly think, you know what, just because somebody else is an expert in inverted commas doesn't always make them instantly right. And the fact that we've lived a life and have gained all this experience that we have over the years counts for something. Means that actually sometimes, you know what, we know what we're talking about. You do not have to follow the crowd. In fact, Warren Buffett warns against it. Be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful, he says. Now, specifically about the stock market, I grant you, but the same can be said of building your business. Just because everyone right now is following one method doesn't make that method right for you. In fact, this was actually part of the reason I burned out back in 2015, 2016. When I first started back in 2010, product launches were all the rage. I had learned from Jeff Walker's product launch formula, my closest mentor Jason Fladlin, from Mike Filsame, from Frank Kern, from Ryan Dice. I mean, this was back in the day, you know. Um, and for a while, it was super fun. My favorite model was to teach people live in a closed group. So a typical launch for me was entry to like a six to 12 week closed program hosted live with support and coaching along the way. Now this is a great model and I still love it to this day but it's absolutely exhausting if you're doing them back to back which is pretty much what I ended up doing in 2015 because you're not only constantly creating, tweaking, improving the content you've got, you are pretty much 24-7 providing support for people because people are there from all around the world. Yeah. But what makes it, that that's the bit though, that's the fun bit to be honest with you. What made it exhausting was that you're constantly gearing up to a new launch and every new launch is sales videos and gathering testimonials and all of that kind of stuff. And quite frankly, I hated the sales process with a passion, hated it. But I felt really weak for feeling like that. I felt that perhaps I was just in the wrong job, you know. My mentor at the time said, I should always be selling. Brian Tracy said, you should always be selling. Dan Kennedy, God rest his soul, one of the grandfathers of marketing, always be selling. Every expert in inverted commas I knew said, sell, sell, sell. So even though I hated it, it was all I knew until I'd just had enough. I suddenly realized how desperately unhappy I was and I did not want to do it anymore. So as I said in lesson four, I just stopped. I just packed everything in. I was so tired. I can almost feel myself getting emotional now just saying it. I was so exhausted and tired and, you know, I just couldn't almost see the wood for the trees. You know what I mean? I couldn't see a better way at the time which now I've had this break seems crazy to me but at the time I was just immersed in it you know and I couldn't see a way so I took a huge step back to regroup and some years later here I am <laughs> you can't keep a good woman down as they say but I'll tell you now I will not sell I will not sell 
or sell or sell or sell my books when I write them, any courses I may choose to do in the future or anything I'm offering. There are a multitude of ways to put your products, offers and services in front of your audience without always selling. In fact, I'm going to say something now which sounds a bit crazy. I'm going to say never sell. I'm going to say all of those gurus and experts and all the rest of it are wrong. Offer, demonstrate, describe, extol the virtues, highlight the benefits, but never sell. My good pal, my good old friend Chris Farrell once said to me, people hate being sold to, but they love to buy. The key here is, is you have to do what's right for you. You might be sitting on the end of this podcast right now saying, well, she's talking a complete load of tosh. Of course you have to sell. You have to do what's right for you. You have to know what your belief systems are, what your values are and do what's right for you. Just because everyone else seems to be following one model does not make that model right for you. Even if they are the expert, question everything. Question what I'm saying right now. Question it for yourself. Look deep inside yourself and follow your own values and your own belief systems. Do what you know in your heart makes you feel good and creates a win-win for everyone involved. You have to be super self-aware and most importantly, believe in yourself. What makes what somebody else says any more knowledgeable than what you know through your experience in life? This is about believing in you, trusting in your own instincts and knowing that you know deep inside exactly what works for you. All right, lesson number 10. Don't think, do. This is intrinsically linked with lesson number four. Get clear about what it is you want to do. Because with clarity comes action. I'm going to say that again because that's a shareable. With clarity comes action. I am literally the best in the world at planning. Seriously, I have life plans coming out of my backside. What was it that John Lennon said? Life is what happens when you're busy making plans. Well, never has a truer word been spoken. I used to be an advocate of goal setting, a huge advocate, and I mean years and years ahead. Goals for 10 years from now, five years from now, one year from now. But here's what 20 years of doing that has taught me. Somewhere deep inside me, I had some non-negotiables. I may not have known it at a conscious level, but subconsciously there were just some things that I just knew deep in my heart of hearts would happen to me in life. I knew that I would meet a life partner who would be my best friend. I always knew that that was going to happen. I knew, I, I used to say when I was a kid, if I ever had kids, I'd raise them abroad. I knew that, that I was going to do that. I knew I was going to run my own business and achieve financial freedom. I never doubted it. I knew that I was going to have absolute freedom in this world from the moment I sat on a rock in Falaraki overlooking the Mediterranean Sea in my early 20s. And I know right now, as sure as eggs is eggs, I will make a living for the rest of my life as a writer, an author and an angel investor. So do you know? Are you conscious of your non-negotiables? If not, stop planning and goal setting and look for your non-negotiables. Take a day and visualize the stuff that you are abs- you just know in your heart of hearts. This is what your life looks like. 
Have as clear a vision of what you want your life to look like as possible and understand that it may not end up like that, but at least it makes you consciously aware and gives you something to aim for. And then in all honesty, for me, I don't really plan more than 100 days in advance anymore. I don't know if that's the right way or the wrong way, but it's what works for me. For example, right now I've got two goals that I'm working on. One is to do with my experimental e-commerce store. Another one is to do with the book I'm writing for my daughter. Now, both goals take me closer to the vision I have for my life, but because the end is so close, i.e. just over three months, I know exactly what I need to do every day to move them forward. This means rather than endless planning, I'm just doing. You have to get yourself into the position of just doing, like cleaning your teeth. You know what you need to do that day to move you closer to your short-term goals and long-term vision. Does that make sense? Another Buffett quote, it is not necessary to do extraordinary things to get extraordinary results. Every day I get up and write anywhere between 500 to 6,000 words. Every day, every day, every day. I'm not doing anything extraordinary. I'm just doing what I need to be doing every day to achieve my goal of finishing my book. As an aside, when we made our first million on Amazon, do you know what we did? We got up every day and secured reviews and discount sales. Every day we made sure we got more reviews and discount sales. Every single day, seven days a week. We didn't do anything extraordinary, we just did what we needed to do to achieve our goal. So don't overthink this, my friend. You just need to start doing because action is the key. Whew, so that's been a bit of an outpouring. I do hope it's helped and inspired and made you think. It's certainly been a ride over the last 10 years. And although I do say in lesson four, I could have done it differently. Had I done so, we may not be where we are now. My path may have gone in a completely different direction, which could have been good, could have been bad. Who knows? What's that old film? Parallel line, something like that. Anyway, someone once said you are exactly where you're meant to be doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. A bit deep, but hey, who wants to live with regret, right? So 10 years running a lifestyle business, almost, we're nearly there, we're not actually quite at 10 years, it's a little bit premature, but if you were sat across from me now, we'd crack open a bottle of champers and toast the next 10 years, and I wonder myself what my podcast episodes will include 10 years from now. Have an awesome week, my friend, and remember, live life on purpose, and as always, make it happen. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. To join in the conversation, please head over to yourlifestylebusiness.com where you can find links to podcasts, show notes, and sign up to download my free ebook, How to Build a Business You Can Run from Anywhere in the World. Also, make sure you come and join our Facebook community. Just search for Your Lifestyle Business on Facebook and you'll soon be sharing ideas with like-minded entrepreneurs all on the same journey. Lastly, if you have a moment, please subscribe and quickly rate this podcast on iTunes. It takes a tenth of a second to hit the little stars and your rating will ensure it gets out to more people and impacts as many as possible with the message, make it happen. Thank you so much. See you next time.